you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls, it's time to make them ready balls. The Manscaped.com Lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WRESTLINGFUTURE for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and wrestling with the future, going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com and the Lawnmower 3.0, your balls will thank you. And so will we. Hello, everybody. Welcome to an epic, and I say that a lot, but tonight, honestly, it really is an epic episode. This is our one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary to us. Dan, the man, the happy haberdasher, you didn't think we'd make it, but here we are, brother. A year down, and we're still here. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, when I, uh, when I took over... Dan, can you do me a favor before we start? Yes, sir. Can you try to contain your exuberance? Because your enthusiasm (laughs) is just underwhelming here. It's killing me, brother. Well, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Oh, man. So it's one year exactly to the day. That wrestling with the future was born. Um, we gave birth. We uh, we had growing pains, uh, and as happens in life, we had gains and we had losses. And we will talk about all the above. And even our loss, believe it or not, was a gain. And we will talk about that tonight. I don't want to know how you gave birth. Don't don't no no no. Uh-uh. I how graphic do you want me to get, Grimmy? Kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is Grimlina. And if you don't know her, well, by God, you all, everybody knows Grimlina now. She Wait. was the original Glow Girl, one of the, the season three and four, right, Grimmy? Yep, three and four. Season three and four of Glow, uh, along with uh, her cohorts of uh, Hollywood and uh, the. Uh, the late farmer's daughter. We'll talk about. We're going to talk about some of your losses too, Grimmy, because you, you've had bad. some. In the, the glow girls have had year. some losses. Yeah, it's we'll been... talk about that during the show tonight. But we're going. We are going to celebrate with some of the people who uh, made this show possible, and I have three of them with me tonight. Of course, my uh, my friend, my cohort in crime, Michael Armageddon Murphy. One of the finest independent wrestlers I know. Yeah. Thank you, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Thank you, brother. I'll tell you what, it was uh, it was touch and go. We didn't know if we were going to make it a year. Uh, this yeah. is true. This especially, is true. Uh, you know, especially after February. It was, it was rough after February. But yeah. uh, we are here. And uh, stronger and better than ever. And I think in large part, we have a, a big grinning angel watching over us named Jeff the Ref Robinson, who I believe, I said it at the time and I believe it today, 
would always be a part of Wrestling with the Future. He would always be a part of this show because this was his show. And guess what? It still is. Dan the Man, tell me of your knowledge of the big lovable lug we call Jeff the Ref. The, well, the man who I, I affectionately grimmy called the Encyclopedia Britannica of pro wrestling. Tell me were, about how you, how you come to know Jeff. Well, you were not wrong on that one. Jeff was, without question, the Encyclopedia of Wrestling. That's actually where it came from. I, I met Jeff at, through the local indie promotion here in Virginia and just through casual conversation. And, I mean, it's, it, was, it actually started with a, a passing comment about some, some product that was happening. And Jeff and I began to, to discuss and debate the the current WWE product. He was more of a more of a defender than than I was. And, and that led to some of the indie talent and people coming in. And every time I every time you saw him, I just loved I loved talking to him. And yeah. uh, you know, just the, the knowledge he had, especially the past and the history. And that oh passion. Was, Let me tell oh, you yeah. about passion. Well, let me tell you about passion. Grimmy knows this. He got passionate already. He would defend the point, right or wrong. If he was wrong, you'd never know it because he would fight you on it. He would defend the point, and he actually, and it happened, I couldn't believe it. I laughed so hard. He actually got so angry at me one night. He stormed off the show. Really? Oh. He, honest to God, he stormed off the show. As fate would have it, my guest that night was Dave Dahl. We had a bad thunderstorm that night, and go figure, Microsoft crashed. So we lost the show. Oh, no. Of Jeff walking off. <laughs> uh, that, won't, my, that won't a thunderstorm. That was Jeff. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. It was a really interesting night because we were defending. I called him. I made the mistake, Dan. I made the mistake, Grimmy, of calling him a WWE loyalist. <laughs> oh, I never heard the end of it. <laughs> and then he embraced that moniker. Right. And then became not only a loyalist, but then an apologist. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I tell you, no, a lot of you guys don't know how I met Jeff. I'm going to tell you how I met Jeff the Ref. I was doing Jeff a show. I was a guest on Kenny Bolin's Bowling Alley. Okay. Uh, Kenny invited me on the show to hold on my microphone. Invited me onto his show to talk about the work that I do, and. Uh, Little bit that I know, unbeknownst to anyone, one of the people watching that show that evening was a, a guy from Suffolk, Virginia, named Jeff Robinson, affectionately known as Jeff the Ref. Well, he reached out to me and said, you know, uh, we'd love to talk to you and find out more about uh, what I do. Because apparently Jeff, Jeff was really like... Um, uh, I want to say like a searcher, you know, he's uh, inquisitive. He, he wanted to know stuff. Mm. He wanted to know. He was the kind of guy that liked to take things apart to see how they work. Yeah. And, 
Okay. Yeah, and that, and he wanted to do that with my gift as well. He wanted to see, you know, pull back the the curtain to see who is that man behind the curtain. Right. You know. So uh, that's how Jeff and I met, um, and we started to talk about wrestling. And he realized that he finally met somebody that knew more about wrestling than he did, <laughs> and that took some doing. And I only knew because I'm older. Go ahead, Grimmy. That was until he met me. <laughs> oh, please. Uh-oh. And uh, But I'll let you think. Um, so Jess and I started talking, <laughs> and he said, you know, we, we should do a podcast. And I said, all right, we'll, we'll talk about it at some other point. And then I, and I kept him on the clothesline out to dry for about six months. And I'm not even kidding. It was like six months before I said, okay, let's talk about this podcast idea you had way back when. So we talked about it, and I said, you know what? Let's just do this. What the hell? Let's just do it. They say timing is everything in life, in comedy, in in success. Timing is everything. It happened to be. On this very date, one year ago tonight, that a new promotion was just about to make waves called AEW. Um, The next night was Wednesday. That was uh, September 30th. Well, the following Wednesday, which is October, I think the 5th, is exactly a year ago. To the day that AEW began. And so what we did was our first show, and I looked at it today, was called The Changing Climate of Wrestling. We had the new, w, the new and improved WWE, NXT. <coughs> <laughs> AEW. Hold, hold your commentary, Grimmy. Um, AEW, Ring of Honor, um, Help me, Dan. What else? New Japan. Mikey, mm. what else was going on then? Oh, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was enough. And so we, uh, our first show was discussing the changing face of wrestling. And, uh, and then the next show we did was let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> Let us introduce ourselves to these people. And it went swimmingly well, all because of timing. Timing is everything. And so here we are one year later, and uh, the big guy is still looking out for us. He's uh, he's still guiding our hand. Uh, thank you, and thank you, Jeff the Ref, and thank you, Brenda Robinson, wonderful lady that you are, his mom. Um, I owe her a phone call. And... Uh, through Jeff, I met the wonderful people like Grimmy and Dan the Man, and uh, you know, of course, all the the great folks there at uh, you know uh, uh, his friend Trey and Jay at uh, uh, Vanguard Championship Wrestling, and all the all the guys and gals that that work there in uh, Travis Bradshaw and and all those wonderful people. And here we are, fast forward a year later, a lot has happened. During that time, 
Um, yeah, I'm telling you what, Grimmy, a lot has happened. So, uh, and uh, and one of the first guests that we had on the show, believe it or not, was uh, a gentleman named Michael Armageddon Murphy. And he was followed by our, actually, he followed our actual first guest that Dan is going to get on the phone right now. Uh, and his name is Jack Victory. He was our Oops. I'm going to have to beep that out. <laughs> I, I tried. Skype wasn't letting me disconnect. That's okay. I'll do that and edit. We'll, we'll <laughs> fix it in post. Right? Uh, let me call him here. Hold on. I can do this now. Let's see. Jack. Where's Jack's yeah. number? You know, uh, timing being everything, Jeff's sister was posting a bunch of stuff on Facebook today from she was clearing out some some stuff and had a bunch of his collectibles that she kept finding mag boxes full of magazines and autographed pictures and everything. Yeah, it's a nice, nice trip down memory lane. Some of those pictures. And, you know, he's up there. He sparked a cigarette, has his soda and is laughing his butt off at us. Yeah, I'm telling you what. <laughs> so let us see here. We're gonna get. Let's see here. Let's call this number. Oh, I, I got. I got noises. Oh, look at that! I'm so happy I have noises here. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, half. At least half the conversations. Grimmy, I ever had with Jeff. Same as the first. I guess uh, Jack's not. He said he would be there. Yeah, Jeff has had a lot of conversations out back of the temple with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And at every location. <laughs> we, we had fun one night. Um, I don't know. I guess. It was. I think it was. I want to say it was October because I'm pretty sure it was the Halloween show, and there was a, a guy outside the temple spewing a bunch of wrestling is the devil. Oh, is know. that the guy who was doing the? This is Satan's work. And yeah, all yeah. I yeah. heard that story. I heard about that. Yeah, we we had a good old time hanging outside heckling that guy. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Is that Jack? What's happening? There's my man, my man. I thought, oh my God, Jack better answer. He, <laughs> you, uh, you, you didn't. You gave me the wrong. I mean, I have to punch in the number of my phone, or it will not ring. Oh wow, that's so crazy. You, you gave me a, you gave me a different number. Yeah, well, we're, we're actually, I gave you the studio number. Oh, yeah, studio. So Jack, we're, we're just okay, talking okay. about you, brother. Just talking about you. This is our anniversary show, our one-year anniversary. Jack, we were just talking about our our late friend Jeff the Ref, and uh, uh, you know the, uh, the the shows that we uh, early shows that we did. And you were, uh, as a matter of fact, for the record, our very first guest. Uh, in fact, the first guest we had that did a two-parter was Jack Victory. In fact, he was our very first guest. And so I thought it fitting you can't have an anniversary show. 
and not have Jack victory. So, Jack, thank you for launching this this journey for us, and uh, and it's been a wild journey here, brother. Uh, I didn't think we would make it, but we did, and uh, and it's balls to the walls, literally now, for us. Yes, sir. So how you doing, my friend? Well, that's that's great to hear. Uh, normally, normally everything I touch to turns to shit, and uh, and uh, I, I'm glad you're still on the air. Oh my God, are you can you were you were like the Midas touch for us, brother. <laughs> hey, you know what it was, and I think I I pinpointed it. Jeff and I actually talked about this too. I think what endeared you and and us to people is the fact that we just talked and we just told stories, and that's what people really like in the in the end. They don't like. I mean, there's some people that want to hear about match results or what happened in the locker room. And does this person have heat with this? Who gives a shit? I want to hear the stories. I want to hear. Tales from the road, like only Jack Victory can tell, because you've been oh, everywhere, brother. Yeah, I had, I, I had, I've had some good times, man. We've, uh, I had some good times running up and down the roads, that's for sure. And I met Jack Victory when he was a mere eighteen-year-old young man, um, working uh, in high school gyms and skating rinks and. Wherever they could book him, he would, uh, he'd find a job somewhere, right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Um, it wouldn't be uh, very big payoffs, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, if there's any guys listening that are just breaking into business, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when, uh, when you're running up and down these roads for experience. You're not, uh, you're not really looking for the big payouts. You're looking, uh, you're looking for that experience. You know, it's uh, absolutely. And, and, and nowadays, it's it's just very hard to find. Um, you know, a yeah. lot of things have happened yeah. since we've talked. You know, with with this COVID nineteen bullshit. Um, you know, all the all the independent uh, circuits, everything's dried up. You know, it was going really, really well there for a long time, man. Oh, wow. uh, independent oh, yeah. shows were, were blowing the doors off of places, you know? Yeah, Jack, I'll tell you what. I, I got one of your brothers with me here, Mike Armageddon Murphy. Mikey, uh, let me introduce you to Jack. I don't know if, if you and Jack ever met, Mike, but uh, this is Jack. I, Jack, this is a, our friend Armageddon. He works under Armageddon, Mike Murphy. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Good, brother. I think you and I have worked, maybe not each other, but I think we've worked on the same card before. Then, it, then it, if I was on the card, it had to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, only after me. <laughs> where, where, whereabouts was it? Do you do you remember? Uh, do, do you remember uh, I do. It, probably somewhere in PA. It was for Dino Santa, Jack. Um, probably that, that that sounds familiar. I did a lot of stuff with DC Drake and uh, uh, Eddie Miranda and all that uh, up in Eastern Pennsylvania. I ran yeah, that yeah, yeah. That area, okay. so. You got we it, bro. That's right the there. Card. <laughs> you know, yep, absolutely. There. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a lot of good talent out of there. Oh of my gosh, that's, sure. that's that's what that's actually what launched me. Uh, 
the tapes uh, the tapes that I filmed of myself wrestling in that organization actually uh, was was the tapes that uh, you know Bill Watts and um, Bill Dundee actually looked at to to give me the uh, the offer to go to Mid South. So yeah, yeah that was uh, that was fun times, you know. You know, Jack, I want to I want to touch on something that you had said. A lot of the younger guys now, um, and I'm old enough now where I can call them the younger guys. <laughs> but uh, a lot of the younger guys now, you're right. Uh, they're missing out. I think they're missing out on a lot because uh, when when we were doing it, we were the weekend warriors. It's like you know we. We'll drive, do a show, drive, do another show, and basically spend our whole weekend going from show to show. And a lot of these guys uh, are missing out on that. And that's the yeah, kind of experience yeah, I mean, it, that you need in this business. Or, as Angela yeah. would say, this thing of ours. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny, Jack, because we just had... You'll get a real kick out of this, Jack. Because we just had a, a a mafia historian on, and I was surprised at how many similarities there were be between the mafia and wrestling, <laughs> and uh, and Dan the man can elaborate upon that. Talk to Jack for a little bit, Dan. Hey, Jack. This, uh, you know, it, it's funny what Angelo is touching on is this narration of the the kind of cutthroat underbelly, and and you guys will know. I mean. Uh, Gremlin and Armageddon, you guys all know the, the promotion and the backstage politics and the the kind of, for lack of a better term, some of the some of the bullshit that kind of is required to survive in the business. It's oh, it's the exact right, Remy. <laughs> it's the exact same way with organized crime is the way he explained it, moving up the hierarchy and for lack of a better term, in order to get a seat at the table, you have to get yourself over and you have to get people to notice you, which means you got to maybe push the envelope a little. And the way he was describing it, you could you could replace mobster with indie guy, and it's the exact same story. Because in oh, the I mean, you can you can actually uh, take it all the way into. Uh, uh, the WWE and all that too, because that that same scenario um, works all the way through those those rankings too. You know. It's, oh yeah. Uh, sure. What? It's. Uh, I'm, and, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Grammy. What were you gonna say? And in the end, it's always an offer you can't refuse. Hey, Dave, how about that one, Jack? How about the offer you can't refuse, Jack? Right. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. You, you really can't refuse it. <laughs> you uh, you got to go out there and do your job. So yeah, that's a, the exact uh, the exact way uh, it, the wrestling business is. Yeah, let me oh, ask yeah. you a question, Jack. Will there will, will there be a wrestling business? Do we is there a future for this business, uh, or are we uh, are we too muddled up right now to see the forest through the trees? I honestly think once once the vaccination hits um, and and once the um, uh, people are getting more comfortable, I honestly think the first the first six months of wrestling is gonna be is gonna be amazing. I really do. If there's anybody that has money left to run shows, right? You no, know what yeah, I mean. I know, I know Vince. I know I'm. I, I know I don't have pockets like Vince, and I don't know I don't have pockets like uh, 
um, the cons and stuff like that. So, you know, they're, they're running strong, but who, who else can survive this shit and, um, and, and come out, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. Can can I, can I, let me ask you guys something. Um, you you mentioned the, 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 how the pandemics hurt things. You know, one of the things that's been crippled by the pandemic and a lot of it is the quality of product that's been being put out recently is television ratings for wrestling are at an all-time low. Uh, historically, I mean, Raw, even AEW is winning uh, ratings wars with 700,000. You know, do you think this, 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 the fact over the last six months, seven months, uh, overall interest in wrestling is kind of plummeted, do you think some of those fans will come back for the indie shows? Or do you think the indie shows, when they do start running again, are going to suffer because fans have just said, I'm done with wrestling, period? I, I, I don't think I don't think they're done with wrestling. Period. Are they done with uh, watching it? It it's it's really bad shit they're putting out right now. Oh, it, it really it, is. It, yeah, it's horrible. It's really stink Ola with um without the fans. Wrestling is ninety percent of fan reaction, and you're putting yeah. stuff out there, and it's 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 not fun to watch. It really isn't. I mean. Uh, I, I honestly think um, people are going through a depressing mode right now. I, I know I'm depressed. I know, and uh, and I'm out every day. I, you know, I haven't uh, missed a beat working wise. Um, um, so I'm not home. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not home like all these other people. Mm-hmm. I think most of these people are suicidal. But uh, to get into the shows, I, I, to He's to watch in these lying. programs. They're lucky they're getting seven hundred thousand. To be honest with you, yeah, and you know what, you Jack, you ain't lying. Grimmy, go ahead. You and Jack talk about that. I was gonna say, if you're not suicidal, you're homicidal. Because mm-hmm. that's it, right. It, By the it, way, Jack, this is Grimlina. She was one of the original Glow Girls. Is she really? I, yeah, I, I was season three and on, four. I was trying to watch it on Netflix, uh, the new Glow movie and stuff like that, but it's just. <laughs> God awful. It's Grimmy, God do you have any uh, opinions on the gl- <laughs> oh, God awful. Oh, and, and trust oh. me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be nice. To, I mean, don't don't hold this against me, but you guys were god awful too. Well, you know, and Angelo and I have had this discussion. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I started watching wrestling. Oh. No, I started watching oh. wrestling in 1970. Okay. Mm. I watched Nelson Royal, Johnny Weaver, all the way up through Wahoo McDaniels, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. The real people, as I call them. Yeah. Right. At the Richmond Arena, then when they went to the Coliseum. I worked with a photographer for PWI. I dated and worked on the sidelines with a photographer for PWI. I'm sorry. And. The only thing I will say about Glow is I had it easy. And Angelo, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I didn't have to be an athlete. I didn't have to be a Ric Flair technician. I was there for one reason, to stir shit and cause trouble at ringside. Yeah, your manager. That's what the well, you know, Jack. A part of Jack's career also. 
that you know, was his, and you know, now uh, I do I do get upset. Absolutely. I do, I do get a little upset because yes, as far as legitimate go on the road every you know and travel and tour and dirty arenas, no, Glow was not wrestling as I grew up and knew it. Were we wrestling? Well, we were trained by Mondo Guerrero. I'm not. I'm going to leave it at that. The Glow yeah. Girls were trained initially by Mondo Guerrero. Sure. One of the Glow Girls who took over the training was Debbie Pelleter, the Killer Tomato. We had right. Queen Kong. She wrestled. Then we had Ivory Tina Ferrari, who went on to be a WWE Hall of Famer. Sure. I'm not saying that we were wrestlers. And even Matt Simber, our director, will say we weren't wrestlers. He wanted to smash Mad Magazine, Hee Haw, and wrestling into a show. Mm. Succeeded. Yeah. But I will think we did bring attention that, hey, women don't always have to be a, oh, let's just put them in as a filler match anymore. Jack, let me ask you a question uh, along that line where, where Grammy's going with this. Um, okay. How did the, the so-called legit wrestling look at Glow? How did the, did they look at that as, as a joke uh, or as like a, a filler or fluff? You want the honest? honest? Yeah, please. It, we, we looked at it as a joke. And, and, and Grimmy and I have had this conversation, and I had this conversation, Jack, on an entire show with women. Grimmy, you remember that? Ladies' night? I, yes. And I, like I said, I and have no. You guys but beat the shit out of me that night. <laughs> <laughs> and I no, was. No, we were, we were, you know, if we, didn't, if we didn't kayfabe, if we didn't kayfabe when, uh, when we were, uh, when we were going up. We would uh, we would actually be fired. Um, so you know we took we took our business seriously, and we just looked at Glow as trying to um, you know I mean they did they 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 wrestled. Don't get me wrong, but it was just so so bad. Um, yeah, ninety percent of the time that it, it was it was exposing the business. And Jack, you why. just said something. Oh my what? God, you just said something so important, Jack, because Davey O'Hannon, who was a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of the show, Dan, vouch for me on this one. Every time he comes on the show, Jack, he says the people believed because we believed. We believe right. that what we were doing was real. And God help you if anybody said, oh, you're one of those fake wrestlers. They would show you just how fake they were. But can well, I say how, something? That's how, that's, in, that's, how we, uh, that's how many bar fights I got into. In, <laughs> exactly. <because they> in <laughs> defense. Go, go ahead, Green. I'm one of those fans that would punch a person for calling wrestling fake. Okay. Yeah. And as far as kayfabe, behind the scenes and in public, you would never, ever see a good girl at a heat, a face and a heel together. Oh, God, no, never. 
we we were we would be fined or fired. You never never fraternized with the other locker room. We and, and it, it went from the ground up. Our Hold on, Grammy. Grammy, I got it. I have to get this this out here. Okay. Um, so bear with me, please. Um, Mike Murphy, you worked for me a number of times. Um, yes, sir. And the kayfabe works. Oh, we got a call coming in. Here we go. Oh, hold on. Who's who's calling in? Ah, right, who's calling in tonight? Happy anniversary to us. <laughs> Rabbit and Randy Hogan, brother. How are you today? Hey, Happy man. anniversary. <laughs> I tell you, hanging and banging still. Here you are after one year, and I just had to call and say, Happy anniversary to you guys. And you know what? Nine years from today, I'm going to be saying the same thing to you again. Uh, Except it'll be 10 years. Randy Hogan is the world's foremost Hulk Hogan lookalike. He is also a hell of a wrestler. And uh, Now, let's get this straight. We're going to get this straight. I am two years older, which means he is a Randy Hogan lookalike. There you go. confuse these things. Okay, I won't hold that against you. Randy, you're on the on the show tonight with Armageddon, with uh, Armageddon, Rilina, with Jack Victory, with Dan the Man, and yours truly, Angelo. Wow, what esteemed people I am with, Jack Victory. Wow, there's a name out of the past when he was with the Sheep Herders. I think he hit me a few times. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Jack, do you ever you remember, uh, what are, remember ever working with Randy Hogan? Um, probably I not. I was just another one of them enhancement guys, you know, WCW and NWA and that. But I remember him. And he always say yeah, Jack. Make my day. Hogan. Say yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, brother, thank well, you for, for calling in. I appreciate it. I'm going to have you back, and you're going to have your own. There's Randy Hogan. There he is. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, yeah, when you, Randy, when you see the episode back, check yourself out. Sam <laughs> found the great, great photo of you. So, Randy, oh, thank great. you for calling in. I really appreciate it, brother. And, uh, and you will be uh, on uh, your own episode coming up very, very shortly for part two of your career interview. I look so forward to it. And again, you are number one, have been in my book, always will be in my book. And any kind of little part I can play in your show, I would be more than happy to. I'd be thrilled. I'd be honored. And who knows, this year, maybe we'll get the icons up in Pennsylvania together. Yeah. You never know, brother. Oh man, I, I, bro, I had to cancel four shows. That's crazy. Well, I, well, I'll, t- I'll yeah, tell you too. what. I had to cancel seven. Show together. Let me tell you something, Hogan. You can't keep ducking me. You can't. Keep <laughs> Come on, brother. Me. I'm, I'm hanging and banging. I'm as pretty you as I that. ever been, too. Let me tell you. Don't make me wrap these 24 pythons. You want to come out of retirement? Are you kidding me? I will do that. Now, you know, just about two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I just had my ankle replaced. So I'm going to be down until about the first of the year. 
Okay, but after that, brother, I'm not only gonna drop. I'm not only gonna drop the leg on Armageddon. I'm gonna go off the top rope and I'm gonna drop the mega leg on him. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. You heard of the bra for it all? This will be the bra bra for for it all. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Do we have to walk to the ring, or will they push us? A nice interview. Uh, Hey. Hey, I got I got anyway. my walker all set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Angelo. Thank you. The you best to you, my dear well, friend. Randy. Thank you, brother. You're Randy, the best. Take care. God bless you. Take care, my friend. You too, brother. Good night. <laughs> Jack, is that how shit gets started, bro? Yep. What's that? Is that how shit gets started? Um. Yeah, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Dan, rescue oh, yeah. me. One of, the, yeah, one, of the, one of the one of the boys wraps his uh, wraps his mouth and uh, and it pisses off of the other uh, another guy and uh, yeah, that's how it mostly starts. Love it, I love it. Uh, hey, Angelo, you know it, it, you you guys, but uh, Angelo, you've you've been on the booking side of things and you all have walked through wrestling on more than one occasion. Tell me. Yes, much, bless me, Father, for I a, have a, a Mike Murphy uh-huh. versus Randy Hogan loser retires again match. How much money does that draw at your local indie scene in 2021? Not a buck Five 75. Three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Angelo, like I said, Hogan had the brawl for it all. Randy and I can have the brawl for the Geritol. There you go. <laughs> and Mike Murphy's offering 20 cents more than I just did. <laughs> <laughs> If we can uh, cir- circle back before Randy called, uh, Grammy, you were about to say something. You remember where you were going with that? Um, what I was going to say is I understand, <clears throat> and like I said, I don't take offense to it, but I take offense to when people say we didn't work hard. We put in 9 in the morning till 10, 11 at night days in every aspect of the business when we did glow. We took it seriously. We did take it seriously. Well, and, I, and I'm sure you did, Grimmie. Let, uh, let me just defend you for a second, because very few people do. Uh, no one ever said that you guys didn't work hard. No one ever said you didn't put hours in. I think what people have said consistently, though, is that it doesn't look like wrestling, and it looks like more like a comedy show than a wrestling show. Jack, it am I right about management. that? It was more, you know, it was more of the management. It was the more of the management. It never, it was never, uh, I, we never looked down upon the, the actual talent that was exactly. working. But when, when you're told to do something that's stupid um, because of the ownership, um, I, I understand why you have to do it because you want a job and you want to keep your job. Um, yeah. I understand that part. If if there was better if there was better booking and there was better better storylines back then with hot chicks, um, it would have been so much better than them port- portraying you girls as a bunch of stupid asses. You know what I mean? I, I you know I was. Well, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, you know, and I've I... had I've had the conversation with. Uh, the honky tonk man Wayne Ferris with Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. with Mick Foley, with the Sheep Herders, and right. the under you know what what really humbles me was and 
being honored at Cauliflower Alley was a great big, that was a big thing for us girls. But to have people that I respected, the Ricky Steamboats, the Sergeant Slaughters, like I, the list goes on. Sure. Shake my hand and say congratulations. That well, me- and I, I think we need to put things into context, okay? And and I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but I know a little bit about the Cauliflower Alley induction. And it, it was basically because that what you guys were doing was different and unique for the time. And yes. uh, and Cauliflower Alley wanted to honor you for, for being groundbreaking at the time. It was now, 80. were there what people before you? Hold on a second. There were, were there people before you uh, that broke ground? Sure. Oh, May yeah. Young, Fabulous Mula, Mildred Burke, June Byer. Yeah, there were, you know, scores of women. Um, oh, I think what you... You got to let me speak, Remy. If, 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 here's the thing. Here, and This is really important. That I think what you guys did that was different was the first time that we actually saw pretty women wrestling. That was different. No one could ever accuse the fabulous Moolah of being beautiful. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we just have to be honest about it, you know? It, if May uh, Young was uh, not you out in the alley and beat the crap out of you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some there were some ladies from the golden ages, the, the Moolah's era, the Ann Casey. There were oh, some yeah. beautiful women that mm-hmm. did wrestle. I'm not gonna lie. You know, but that's the whole thing. I think the whole thing is we hit at a time in the it was the eighties, we hit when it was right. Which is like I said at the beginning of the show, Grimmy, timing is everything. And that's why we beat the WWE in ratings. That's why we had such, and still to this day, an avid fan base. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm grateful. Like, Like you and I have had the discussions. I did not set out to become a wrestler. I love the sport. I would have been happy taking photographs at ringside, meeting and having drinks with the boys, hearing stories. That right. was what I loved. I, because I'm a loud mouth and I don't keep my mouth shut when I should, really. I did something I did something that a lot of people wouldn't think that would get you hired. I saluted with one finger. The director of GLOW told him, F you. There you go. In my hot rod t-shirt and my blue jeans and a ponytail, no makeup, went, F you, I'm out. And he went, whoa, 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 I want you. I right. I told him he was a freaking insane person. Yeah. Boy, Is my, my guest with me? You know, but it's like he said later on, and he put me through hell. As yep. most directors will do and stuff. He said, Grimmy, you were only four foot nine, but you were seven foot on that TV screen. He Hold said, on, you knew how to push buttons. Hold on, Grimmy. You got uh, somebody calling us in? Are you with me? 
Are you with me, Bill? I'm with you. Yeah, hold on there, Jack. I oh. thought we had Bill Dundee with us. We just dropped him. What? Oh, you... you can't do that to a legend. Well, that's not my intent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why are you not here? Hold on there. Well, I guess Bill's not here. He can't. Can Cannon does. Grammy half the shows. Angelo cutting off legends. Who? Who me? <laughs> that guy sucks. Well, you know, if I can can kind of circle back to the original topic at hand, uh, we were we, when we were talking about Jeff. One of the first conversations we ever had, Angelo, you mentioned that his view on the WWE and all that was yeah. the 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 character and the talent, and and you guys kind of had it, kind of touched on it, you know. Where do you draw the line between the promotion's fault and the talent's fault? Because what I mean is commentary today. You're, you, uh, Grimmy, you mentioned the Honky Tonk Man, uh, Jim Cornette, Vince Russo. There's a lot of, of talkers today that put a lot of the blame on the product, on the, on the talent. If I was a wrestler, I wouldn't do that, or I would have done it a certain way. Where do you draw the line between a bad segment or a bad character and that's the fault of the talent versus the fault of the production staff. Bottom line is who signs your paycheck. Bottom line, who signs the paychecks? Do you really honestly think that even if I had got into wrestling, I would want to come out wearing snake skin with hair two tone and be a shrieking little shrew? No. I had my vision of a Miss Elizabeth, you know, a woman. Hello. Oh, there hey, he is. Bill. Class. Hey, brother. How are you, my friend? I you guess I'm doing all right. Couldn't get my phone to work. Yeah, I hear you, baby. <laughs> you are the man of the hour, brother. The man I of am. the hour. Joining us from his home in Memphis, Tennessee, superstar Bill Dundee. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good. I got a couple staying in like everybody said, not doing enough wrestling business, Dad. Got a couple of friends of yours with me. Say hi to Jack. Hi, Jack. Hello, Bill. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Very good. This is our one year anniversary, Bill, and uh we're having some of our favorite people on tonight. We've got uh, Jack Victory here. Jack was our very first guest on the podcast, and I thought to myself, I can't have a podcast without Jack, and I certainly can't have a podcast without the guy that keeps me, you know, uh, comfortable in stories and always has a, a treasure trove full of stories for Dan the Man and myself. And that's our buddy superstar Bill Dundee. We love yes, you sir. here. We love to have you back. I I would have a I would have Bill Dundee on every week if uh, if, if his wife would let him. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear you, uh, Angelo. How you, doing, how you doing? Everything good tonight? Do what, mate? I said, how you doing? Everything good tonight? Everything good. Just watching Trump on TV and oh, Biden. Okay. They're debating. Okay, so you're really not watching nothing then. Okay, cool. No, I'm not watching. <laughs> you said it right. Angelo, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, I have a Bill Dundee story. Oh, you've got... Uh, okay. 
We got, we got a gentleman here named Mike Armageddon Murphy. Michael Armageddon Murphy has a superstar build on Detroit. Go ahead, Mike. You got it. First, let me say, Bill, it's an honor to speak to you. I remember watching you as I was growing up and breaking into the business. And I want to say thank you for everything you did in the business so guys like me would have a career. Well, thank you, brother. We It was all different back then, but... What can you say? They don't wake, make John Wayne movies no more either, do they? <laughs> exactly. All right, well, on, to my, on to my Bill Dundee story. Uh, All right. It was a bunch of years ago. Um, I was homesick. I had I had uh, the flu or some kind of bug, and I'm, I'm laying on the sofa, and I'm flipping through the TV to try and find something to watch. Now, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seeing afternoon TV, there's not really a whole hell of a lot to watch. No. And I come across this show, the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. And I look up. Me and my son. Yes, and I look up, and there's superstar Bill Dundee, and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah. And that, it was crazy, that episode. Oh, yes, it was. You know, people still talk to you about that shit. Yeah. Do they really? That is remarkable that people would even remember that. That would have been like a, a half a blip on the radar, and then I would have forgotten about it. Yeah, but to them, crazy. they think it's different because they just see you on a wrestling show, then you're on the Springer show. They don't associate <laughs> it being the same. Jerry Springer show. I was going to say one Springer show done the same way. Well, I tell you what, Bill, you were great on that show. Well, Jamie was all right too. About having you here is that I also have Jack Victory here. Now, the last time I got you and Jack together, he surprised the hell out of you. Uh, Tonight. A little different because we actually have time to talk tonight. So uh, I want my co-host Dan, the man Sebastiano, yes, to kind of because uh, uh, he's the uh, the smartest guy in the room. So he tells me, and he's the historian. So he tells me. So Jack, tell me your knowledge of how Superstar Bill Dundee and Jack Victory came to be. Young Squire, it's all yours. Go ahead. Uh, oh, was, was that addressed to me? Yeah, it sounded like you wanted you. Jack to tell that story. All that big build-up. You're and Jack Victory, ain't you? Yeah, we were doing, I thought he was. I thought he was queuing up his other friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you. It, it, it sounded like he wanted me to talk, but then he said, "That's what I thought too." Yeah. No, go ahead, Jack. Well, look, I, I'd love to hear this your story. started, your guys. I gotta bow out. Uh, Three a.m. comes off early. I just want to say, Angelo, God bless. Congratulations on one-year anniversary. Thanks, Mikey. Hopefully I'll see you in the future and many, many more shows. God bless You'll you. You'll see me Thursday night. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, brother. All right, my friend. Nice meeting All you. Right. All right, brother. Nice take care. All right. Nice talking to you. All right. So it's uh, Jack and Bill, and, uh, and, and I got to hear... 
a little bit more about uh, just you giving him his name. So, uh, and when last time Jack was here, um, talked about how you gave him his name, and uh, and and everybody popped for that story. So, Jack, how often, how much did you actually work with Bill when you got to the Southern Territories? I, I didn't work against Bill too often at all. Um, when uh, when I first broke in with the business. Um, Shawn Michaels actually broke in right around the same time as I did. And I think we were pretty much married for about the first six months of my business. We used to work eight shows a week. Right. And, you know, we did, we did double shots on the weekends. I mean, we, uh, that, that most of the time that car stayed, uh, stayed idled in the uh, parking lot. It didn't even shut off. You just run in and do your match, jump in the car and go to your next town. We didn't fly anywhere. We drove everywhere. Um, you know, uh, Bill would, uh, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Watts would book shows where it, it was, it was not even physical to drive it. You'd, you'd, yeah. you'd have to, you'd have to go in. You couldn't even take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would, uh, so it was, uh, it, it was the best territory to break into it though. Um, if, if you didn't learn in that territory, you, you uh, you never had a wrestling career. That's for sure. Right. For sure. Well, if we're if we're talking, uh, you know, obviously, Bill told us the story of how the name Jack Victory came about and how you guys work together. Uh, I'm I'm curious if you don't mind me asking the 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 Jack Victory character when you transitioned when you were with the Sheep Herders and you transitioned to the um um oh shoot uh with the the, the hot stuff stable. With uh, Eddie Gilbert. Eddie um, Gilbert. Well, me I'm and Johnny, curious, me how, and Johnny how, how, and Missy. Yeah, Hollywood yeah, yeah, John by Missy Hyatt. I'm I'm curious. I'd love to hear the story of how you guys came up with that transition from being from from waving the New Zealand flag to being the Pretty Boy. Well, it 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 all it, it's all with Booker's too. I mean, Bill uh, Bill uh, Dundee was was I think he left for a different territory, and Ken Ken Mantell. Uh, was the new Booker, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, okay. And, uh, I think I think Ken Mantell uh, came to me and said, I would love to put you with uh, with uh, Johnny and Missy. I, I didn't know Johnny and Missy, and uh, and uh, you know the first from the first day that we met and we we started wrestling together, I knew it was going to be something special. And um, you know they. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just it just went on from there, you know. It, it, territories, you know, it depends on who's booking at the time and 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 things like that. It, it's all about timing. Well, then, then right. since you since you've got them here, uh, I'm I'm curious from from the fact that you worked under both of them, how 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 poorly did the quality of booking go down after Bill left? Well, Bill, Bill, I mean, everybody had a different, you know, everybody has a different mind to the business. Uh, Bill, coming from the Memphis territory, um, uh, there would be a lot of different, uh, a, more, a lot more different gimmick matches and stuff like that, which, which uh, got over strong, you know, got over uh, huge. Um, and, and then Bill, uh, Ken Mantell had a different, you know, more of a, more of a, 
uh, in your face, rugged type thing. So, I mean, that that's why the wrestling business uh, always stay fresh is everybody moving around, um, having different territories, uh, you know, uh, um, you piss off one of the bookers, he fires you, you can get a go, you can go to, you know, Florida championship wrestling and start the next week, you know, uh, unfortunately all that's gone now, you know, there's no more uh, options anymore. Yeah. There's not there. You don't have options. So you really have to, you have to kiss ass and, 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 you know, and, uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, all these little territories are went, went away, you know? Grimlene has got some questions. Go ahead, Grimmy. I was going to tell you all a piece of uh, trivia. I make it no bones. The, the, I think today's WWE is, or WWF, or whatever you want to call it, garbage. I grew up watching Jim Crockett, Mid-Atlantic, Mid-South, Georgia oh, Championship. Sure. And I got told by somebody, I thought it would be kind of cool to learn a trick that I'm sure Mr. Dundee is probably familiar with as one of his opponents or partners used to use. I wanted to use a fireball. The fireball, Bill. Yeah, well, that was... I don't know who came up with that. Lalo used to like to do it. I hated it when he did it, and I would never let him throw it at me. So anyway, that was just that. But I that, that never was over with me. I know the Sheik did it, and he was the he first to throw it. Too. He did it a bunch in uh, in World Champion. And Akbar did it. Yeah. Yeah, Akbar did but it. The Sheik, um, yeah, the you Sheik know, here's something interesting, and I just thought about something. You know, Grimmy talked about, you know, the Crockett era, um, you know, Mid-South, Southwest. Of course, we've had, you know, um, uh, Manny Fernandez on and uh, Johnny Mantel. And of course, we've had people from... from Georgia Championship Wrestling and Championship Wrestling from Florida, people like that. Here's the thing, though. Everybody credits the WWF slash WWE with being the cutting-edge promotion. It seems to me, Jack, and call me crazy, and, you know, and I'm a, a lot older than, well, I'm not as old as Superstar, but I'm catching up real fast. But I'm probably older than than everybody here, uh, next to Bill. But it seems to me that the real cutting-edge territories were all down south. They were doing, you know, these crazy fireball matches. They were doing haircut matches. Um you know, the uh, barbed wire matches before, you know, Jack Victory, quite frankly, uh, is credited with being in one of the, the first, you know, so-called barbed wire matches. Jack, you remember? It, it first televised one, yes. Yeah, the it first televised. Me and the Sheep Herders against Terry Taylor and the Fantastics. Yeah. Well, here's a question. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it came down to it, which would you rather do? Just a straight shoot technical wrestling match, or did you prefer gimmick matches? I think gimmick match for me, gimmick matches were fun to watch, but then again, I'm a well, that depends what the gimmick I is. I would yeah, gimmick good point, over, Bill. Uh, yeah. yeah, good point. No, I would rather just do a straight wrestling match, get paid, and go home. 
that's what I would rather do, but well, let, when I let came me, here. Let, let me ask you something, Bill. Um, we, we talked, obviously, when you did, Angelo did your introduction, he mentioned the anniversary show, and we yeah. circle back a lot to our old friend, Jeff the Ref. One yep. of the things we used to talk about is he, he was as Angela would tell you, the encyclopedia. And one of the things he, he we spoke fondly of was the the magazine and the territory days and, you know, get the wrestling magazine, get the books, all that. Um, I'm curious why uh, uh, Jack Victory's touched on it, and I want to expand on that because it's something Jeff and I talked a lot about, is the Memphis style. That Why was that so every Anytime somebody would leave the Memphis area, and go book, be it anywhere from Florida to Canada to Australia, Europe. It, it, the Memphis style always drew. Why is that? Do you think that that Memphis style crazy. was just, no matter where you went, was just universally beloved by wrestling fans? Because it was badass. Yeah, well, I thought it was very exciting. I mean, you Absolutely. know, that, that was the, the thing of that. And then in yeah, Memphis, Jerry Janet looked after it. It looked like we was being crazy, but you wasn't allowed to go out there and just do whatever you wanted to do. If Jared didn't approve it, it wasn't done. And it looked wild and woolly. Like we didn't know what we were doing, but we all knew what, what we was doing. It was drawing a lot of money every Monday night in Memphis. So Yeah. The most original match I ever saw took place at the... Uh, I, I'm thinking, and Bill, you would know, I'm thinking it was the Mid-South Coliseum. It was the, this famous concession stand brawl with Rain Ferris, uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, God, who else was involved in that? Jack, help me here. that one. Bill Dundee, Jerry Lawler, Wayne Ferris, and Larry Latham. That Larry Latham. I was trying to remember. Larry, yes. So the four of you guys... Who came up with the concept of this? Walk me through that concession stand brawl. Okay. We fought to the back like we'd done a hundred times before. And then me and Lola was beating the hell out of the heels. Wayne Ferris and Larry. And they said, hell with this. And they're running the concession stand. Nobody had really done that before. So we and Lola chased them. Started fighting. And the rest is we like the concession stand and got over like a million bucks. So that was kind of an accident. Nobody said, let's do it. Nobody said, hey, we'll end up in the concession stand. It was just one of them things. It was completely organic. Is that what you're saying, Bill? It's just like on the fly? Yeah. No shit. Because we weren't supposed to go there. Nobody had never been four wrestlers. In the concession stand ever in the history of Tupelo <laughs> before or after. Jack, so when we why ended up that in there, we... anymore, man. Uh, I, really, I don't know. Well, let, let See, me here's the thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Here's where I think we're professional wrestling. Whatever television show you're watching, if you're a wrestler, and you wrestle around where the TV is, you, you, you're apt to do what you see on TV. Yeah. So everybody in the South that li lived around Memphis and Louisville and Evansville and Lexington, Kentucky, all saw Memphis wrestling. So that was what they thought Memphis wrestling was. 
And it was wild and it was exciting. But it wasn't goofy. It was just wild and exciting. And it drew a lot of money. So the concession stand, it just happened. We did it, got away with it. Nobody got hurt. And wasn't allowed to do it again. Eddie Marlon said, don't get on that concession stand every Friday night. Jack, you still with me, babe? I'm here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't go to bed yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jack, let me ask you a question. Aside from Superstar Bill Dundee, who did you learn your greatest and most valuable lessons from? Oh, my God. I, you know, I was a young little punk, and, and I started in one of the best territories in the world. And this ain't no shit. When, when I went out, you know, probably first, second, third match, uh, for probably my first year and a half of my uh, of, of of breaking in the business, and you know, Flair would watch my matches. Ted DiBiase would watch my matches. Bill Dundee would watch my matches. These guys were so awesome to learn from. You know, every time every time I'd get back, uh, you know, three or four guys would come up and give you pointers. Um, and, and that's how I just learned and grew. Um, you know, it, it, every single uh, wrestler didn't have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he would always, he would always, they would always teach the young guys what they were doing right and what they were doing wrong. So yeah, that, exactly. You know, yeah, that's the secret to too. Ex yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. Follow up on that, Bill. Yeah, that was the secret of it. It was it was orchestrated mayhem. It looked like it was crazy, but it wasn't. I think Jesse and it Ventura drew a lot of money. Jesse Ventura said it best: "Ballet with violence." <laughs> but you got to understand. Uh, okay. It's like, it's like I tell. It's Jesse like I tell, also had a notoriously short career, by the way. Well, you know. <laughs> I love me some Jesse, so okay. But and I know Jesse, so I can say that. It's like I try to tell. And somebody, that's a shoot. I'd like to tell these young guys and gals or people when I'm interviewed or when they ask me. My best advice is if you really want to do it and do it right and argue with me, prove me wrong. Some of the best textbook. We're not talking glitz, fireworks, blah, blah, blah. But it kept you in your, your ass in that seat for an hour plus. Watch Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair during the Crockett days. The Clash of Champions. Why? It was the same match over and over again. If but, you really want to learn, if you really want to learn how to how to wrestle, watch Wahoo McDaniel and Ric Flair. That, too. Okay. I will not take it away from Wahoo because, like I said. Watch I'm Magnum TA. Watch Manny Fernandez. I'm and gonna anybody. Quote, I'm going to quote my, my personal favorite icon when he looked at Chris Jericho. Old school is cool. Well, we know that. <laughs> Tell us something we don't know. I'm sorry. I will. I will carry the Jeff the ref flag on that. 
All yeah. right. Go ahead, I Danny. Carry the flag for him on that one. No, she she's right. Je Jeff would be a hundred percent on board with this conversation. I, I actually oh absolutely. Um, I, I want to go back, Bill. You you were talking about the uh, concession stand brawl. That's one of my favorite. I, I've mentioned it before, and we've talked when you've been on the show. I used to love renting the tapes when I was a kid, and then when the ESPN and some of the local channels started playing all the old Memphis and Georgia tapes. Um, the one thing I, I used to notice a lot about the backstage brawls and the 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 brawling outside the ring was it was always very quick. You know, you uh, you'd fight to the back, you'd fight at the in the backstage area, maybe two three minutes tops, and then it was either over or you were back in the ring. Nowadays, you watch a match that spills outside, and they'll fight in the concession area for twenty minutes, and it gets boring and it gets stale very quickly. Right. I'm curious if exactly you have any opinion does. on why at some point they decided to just, you know, less is more has always been a good thing with stuff like backstage fighting. Why yeah. do you think at some point that mentality went away and we can have you know, an hour of a pay-per-view or an hour of a wrestling show take place backstage? Well, here's the thing that I think happened, and this is just me, when I started the booker that looked after me when I started, I called all the shots, yep. had been around for 10 years before he got the booker's job, and he knew exactly what he was go going to do and he wanted you to do, just like I, I did when I booked too. You either do as I tell you or you go home, but it's my ass that's on the line if it goes, goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to do today. Uh, I haven't been at a Memphis show in so long either, so I know what we did. It was real. It was real to me, and we were convincing the people that it was real to them, and it was obviously working because we were drawing a hell of a house every Monday night. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill. We're going to hear more about that. Uh, you're coming back with me Thursday, right? We're going to we're bringing you back for a uh, another episode, right? We talked about that. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, and we'll see you Thursday. So uh, I'm not, I'm going to let you go tonight, and so we'll, we'll say good night to Bill. Uh, say good night to Jack. So uh, we're going to let Jack go here in a couple seconds. Jack, say good night, Bill. Thanks and, for, uh, take care. Thank you for calling in. All right, my friend, it's great, uh, great talking to you again. Oh, all right, brother, you be good. All right, you too, sir. All, all right. right, take care, Bill. Yeah. No. All right. Okay, we're back, guys. Got back to Jack Victory, stuff. Dan the Man, and Grimlina. Yes, sir. The, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're bringing Bill back on Thursday uh, uh, to replace uh, Hacksaw Butch Reed. We will not be able to get Butch. Well, we can get him, but um, he's got certain conditions that are just ridiculous for a podcast. Um, so we're not going to have Butch Reed. So there you go. Um, yeah, uh, that That's funny. Um, my, first, day, my first road trip was with Butch Reed, by the way. Was okay. it? Yep. Yeah, I, I so night, wanted night, to have them, Jack. I really... My first match... My first match, they flew me to Houston, Texas. And I wrestled in Houston at the Sam Houston Coliseum. And then me and Hercules Hernandez and Butch Reed drove 
from Houston to Dallas. So that wow. was my first road trip with Her- Hercules Hernandez and Butch Reed. Wow. And uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that trip. I'll bet mm. your ass did too. <laughs> Holy mackerel, crazy asses. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Grimmy, ask questions. I'm just enjoying the stories. Personal. I don't want you to enjoy the story. I want you to ask questions, damn it. <laughs> Look, you know, I have. I bring her on my show and she gives me a hard time. Dan, ask I'm need to fire her. sorry. If you want me to ask a question, what? Let me ask you this, guys, and I'm not trying to stir crap or anything. Sure. Why is it that wrestling fans. And I'm just curious. I love them. I do. I did it for them. I still do it for them. That's why I do cons. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why we all do it. I love the people. Yeah. How do you, without ruining your brand, put fans in check when they get a little over the line? With their, how shall I say it? Their zealousness. Well, I've Jack. I've, what do you think about that? You've been around a long time. How do you deal with overzealous fans? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. I hated marks. I I hate marks to this day. To be honest with you, um, I I you know I always. Huh, I, anybody that thought they were smart to the business, I just, I just wanted to puke on. I hear ya. you. Jack, know, you brought if, up a if really you, interesting if you word. Never, if you never stepped in the, into a wrestling ring and uh, got punched in the face or had a chair slammed over your head, you, you had no right to, to even, to be on the same level as us. Absolutely. I was tossed uh, in a trash can. Does alone. that count? What's that? I was tossed in a trash can. Does that count? No, that was part of an angle, though. Yeah, that was part of an angle. You mentioned an important word, though, Jack. The difference between a mark and a fan. Um, I absolutely agree with you. I I don't think there's any place um, in wrestling for the wrestling mark. I think wrestling could sure use a, a healthy dose of good fans, quite frankly. Um, you know, and, and I used to get angry, Jack, and I'll be honest with you, I used to get angry when I would hear the term smart mark, but then I realized it's kind of an oxymoron because if you're smart, you're not a mark. And if you're a mark, you're not right. smart. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's one thing that was going in, in our favor with, with me breaking in, in the eighties, um, is that. The Marks thought wrestling was fake, but they still believed it was real. And that's what Davey O'Hannon keeps driving home every time he comes on the show. Yeah. Yep. Every, every, time. every every Mark said, "Oh, wrestling's fake." But when as soon as they as soon as that bell rang and they were in the front row, that shit was real to them. And, and uh, Jack, and, they kept and, buying tickets, baby. They kept. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) You know, 
that's that's one thing that was going for us even even into the 90s even into the late 90s i would say the marks were still you know oh wrestling's fake wrestling's fake but nowadays i mean it's thrown in their face that it's fake you know it, it, i mean yeah um it's it's a soap opera now it's it's a storyline soap opera um you know, even though it was a storyline soap opera back then, but ninety uh, percent of the uh, the marks believed uh, in what we did. You know, because it was so snug and it was uh, it was um, uh, we weren't afraid to uh, you know uh, make it look a little real. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I've I've said on the show many times that wrestling fans are simultaneously the best and worst people on the planet. That a good crowd can can make some of the greatest moments on television, but a bad one or one bad fan can ruin everything. I, I I talked earlier about how I used to love watching the Memphis tapes, and I remember. Right. I mean, every episode I would watch of the Memphis tapes, it, be it be it Jerry Lawler, Dutch Mantel, or heaven forbid somebody put their hands on Ricky Morton uh, on some of the indie feds, there was always somebody jumping the barrier. And <laughs> yeah, but but you know it's funny because I look at that fan and her name and was then, usually Gremlina. <laughs> I look, I look I at that fan. Get over the barrier! I'm not big enough. <laughs> I, Thank you. I. Well, what I mean is I look at that fan and then I look at the, I, I, you know, what you call the marks and the, and the fans today and I, the quality of the mark plummeted with the introduction of, I, I hate to use the word, but fake wrestling. You have characters today whose entire gimmick is nothing I do is real, you know, um, be it. Be it intentionally goofy moves, be it unrealistic, you know, dick powers or wrestling with their hands in their pockets or whatever they do, you know, where it's 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 openly what I'm doing isn't real. And that when that started to be prevalent, the fans started to be more, uh, you know, the social media and this is bullshit and blah, blah, blah. I'm curious. It was that was it the was it the quality of the product that worsened the fan or was it the fans worsening that deteriorated the product? Because at that point oh. you're marketing to a low, the lowest denominator wrestling's ever seen. Yeah, it's it, it's hard. Um, um, it, it, it's hard to. Uh, what am I trying to say? We, you, you went out there to bust your ass to get a pop from the fans when I was when I was in the business. Now it, it's really, really, really hard to get. You a know pop what the difference the is. Jack, may, may, may I interject there for a second? Because I totally, 1,000% agree with you and where you're coming from. Here's the problem as I see it. The guys aren't trying to get a pop anymore. They're not trying to pop the marks. They're not trying to pop the crowd. They're trying to pop the boys. Yeah. yeah. The, the boys are trying to pop the boys. Well, and you've you, got you, guys well, like Orange Cassidy. high spots that normally they would kill somebody um, and, and you kick out of everything, it, it, it's really kind of hard to follow shit like that. You know what I mean? Jack, um, that has been a recurring theme on this show, Dan, for how many? Three, four shows in a row now. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and uh, that goes to... 
that goes to what I was talking about. And, and Angelo had just mentioned him, you know, someone like an Orange Cassidy or, you know, certain characters who I, I refuse to mention that, you know, their their gimmick is look at what I'm doing. It's fake. Uh, but then you go out and you be funny or you, you uh, I mentioned on the last show we were talking about realism where, you know, you take a, a power bomb from the second rope through a flaming table and kick out it, too. That's not the finish. You know, um. It, it it breaks the immersion. When I watch a match where there's you know seven, eight false finishes that involve finishers, it kills me. Versus Grammy mentioned earlier the Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, roll-ups, pins. There was there was false finishes in that match that still felt real. If I watch a match where you're kicking out of fin- of moves that that I know you know, or, or you, you take a multiple chair shots and get thrown through a table and then kick out it too. I know that what I'm watching is crap and anything that right. follows that is also crap because and if I, you right. can kick out, go ahead, Grammy. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you because I'm going to go to what I know. I don't care who the hell you were. If Mount Fiji, may she rest in peace, picked your butt up and body slammed you to that ring and you kicked out on a two, you are faking it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't care how smooth it went. I don't care how how it went. You're being picked up six feet in the air, and you're being dropped. And you. Well, I mean, if you're if you're going to no sell a six foot drop from Mount Fiji, you know, you're a jerk anyway. But that's beside the point. Well, I mean, you look at no, at, and actually, let me stop you there because actually, Grimmy, that that is precisely the point because here you are with a group of women that were trying their damnedest to make it look real. They succeeded on some level in getting themselves on television, and I'll grant you that. But where it fell grossly short was that they're the only ones who took it seriously among themselves. They couldn't convey that seriousness to anybody else watching because it looked like a comedy show. And it's it's sad for the girls of GLOW that they are going to be an afterthought in wrestling history because basically they are anyway. Um, They did try. They did work hard. But what they did came across looking really, really weak and lame because of bad training, um, the wrong people. It was just the perfect storm at the, the the right gimmick at the wrong time or maybe the wrong gimmick at the right time. Who the hell knows? But well, go I, ahead, agree with you, I agree with you. Like I said, and Jeff and I have had this discussion. You and I have had this discussion. Yeah. I'm never I'm not gonna sell short what Glow accomplished. I will never oh, do that. Absolutely not. No, they, they certainly Perfect. set they, but, they certainly set some record. And it, it, it could have been so much more though. Grounded. You know what, Jack? You're absolutely right. It could have been so much more. It, it could have been it so could've. much more with with and, with, and with no. more serious storylines. They could have they could have been. They could have been. They could be still a territory right now, if if it it's was more possible. serious, uh, and, and if the management would have took it a little bit serious and and had a good booker, 
I think they still could have been. I, I think it could still be going right now as we speak. Jack, you know, Ashley, Grimmy, and I have had that conversation on the show before. We've actually yeah, had I mean, that conversation because there were, and correct me if I'm wrong, Grimmy, but there were some really legit, talented lady wrestlers oh, heck who, yeah. never, who, who never got the opportunity, Jack, to shine like they would in a, in a big Fed promotion like a WCW or a WWF. Oh, heck yeah. No. He had some no, amazing. They, they, could have, they could have done everything that Vince did in the 90s with the girls. Um, they, had, if they would have just took it a little bit more serious. They could have been that. They could have been that era. You know, they could have been that yeah. girl era. Um, instead, like said, Vince, Vince capitalized on the era. You know what I mean? And like I've said, and Matt will tell you too, he was trying to get, he wanted to put a couple of things he loved together. He loved Mad Magazine and he loved Hee Haw. David McLean was the wrestling purist. David McLean wanted it to be more wrestling, which is why... Season three, my season comes along. Where's David McLean? Oh, wait, here's Powell over here. And right. we had to deal with learning. Those girls opened the door. Mm -hmm. We had the unenvi unenviable task of trying to keep that door open for one or two more seasons. Unfortunately, money got pulled. It happened. I agree yeah. with you. We had some phenomenally, phenomenally amazing, gifted athletes that had some. Yeah, they really did. They had some talented girls. They really did. That had some natural well, the ability. Only, the only way that they would have made money is, is they had to take it on the road. They had, they had to take it on the road. They just and didn't uh, uh, we did you know, do, it, do it as a TV show. And, and Jack, that's something that Grimmy and I talked about as, as well with some of the other Glow girls. Is that one of the things that Glow never ever did? They never toured. They never, they never went took it on, on the, the road. road. They should have. Yes, they should have took it on the road. Yes, we did. Where'd you go, Grammy? Uh, we did a well. I did a tour with the Glow Girls. We hit Clemson, South Carolina, Greenville, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. The same night the NWA was in town. Go ahead. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Albany and Macon, Georgia, Huntsville, Alabama, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans, Louisiana, Biloxi, Mississippi. They also, now I wasn't on this tour. They also did a tour yeah, up Grimmie, in New Orleans. I got to stop you there. Stop. Think about what you're saying. What are you saying? It, all of these places, where are they? Down there south. This is down south that no one's ever heard of. They're nowhere near That's big television. Charlotte. They're nowhere near big television. There was no Northeast television there. Uh, I'm gonna actually disagree with you on this one, Angelo. Just be being near television, I mean, that doesn't discount touring. There's indie feds. That, that tour all over the world for crowds you're, of 50 people just because you're not the TV and your TV feeds off the tour. Yeah. But what I mean is you can have a show like 
NXT, for example, that's that's filmed in the same location. That there are glow girls that don't that there are glow girls that will tell you they're they've never been on tour, and they probably didn't. People that worked with Grimmy, who will say to you, there was never a glow tour. Uh, and I don't know who told you that, but I will find a copy of the program from our tour with our tour dates. I'm sure. Well, you see, we actually did a crowd of 7,000, I think it was, in New Orleans at the UNLV Lakefront Arena. Good then. Well, what I was I saying my is, teeth there. you, you get, you get. Like like a show like NXT or AEW where they're filmed in the same location every week. That's they're not touring, but they have a television contract. You have feds like Glow that 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 toured actively through through uh, a dozen different states, numerous cities. And Just because each show Japan wasn't on television doesn't mean it wasn't a tour. There were some Glow girls that did a tour down in South America and in Japan. I mean, first I mean, time I, I, ever hearing of it. you're you're hearing what? First time ever hearing of it. Oh, well, I'm saying is is based on what she's saying, you know. Um, look, at, look it up. It's the facts. I well, I mean, the, the the point I'm trying to make is real simple. We're finding out now. This information has been out there for a long time, apparently. Why are we just finding out now? Apparently, no one knows is, is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, if Unless you were on that tour, you don't know there was a tour. Point I'm trying to make. Jack, thank you, my friend, for being with us for this long. Um, what well, if, I, if I heard right, I think you said there's a pizza on your way. or. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys and girls, um, you have a great night. Jack, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. I'll touch base with you tomorrow, bro. But also, I, you see, a lot of things went dead. That tour was very interesting. It wasn't, per se, like you would think a wrestling tour. We traveled on a bus to each venue. We had That's pretty a standard. Bus. Okay, we didn't go get in cars and go from city to city to city to city. We flew into Atlanta, Georgia, got on the tour bus, came up to up to South Carolina and started our tour. And And that's pretty standard stuff, Grimmy. You know, this, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's not not my first rodeo is what I'm trying to tell you here. All right, been around this business a long time, longer than you, a lot longer than you. And Uh, that's what gets me. I have been asked about, well, why weren't you in Philadelphia when we came up, when Glow came up? Because I had left the show by then. Maybe the girls that you talked to had left the show before the tour. Well, and the Philadelphia show, I know about that, because that Philadelphia show drew 1,100 people. That was it. That ain't bad. And a 7,000-seat building was horrible. The place was empty. 1,100 people in a 7,000-seat venue was awful. But, and I understand your passion, and I understand why you 
protect Glow because it was what you what made you, and I get that. I appreciate that, and, and I don't, I'm not going to shit on I, Glow, and you've I never just, heard me shit on Glow. Oh, but I, know, I have to point I know out, you never have. I'm just saying that each of us, if you were to interview any Glow girl, right. We are all equally as passionate. We all Absolutely. may have gone on to do, to do other things. Glow did not define us as who we are as women. Right. I think Glow helped give us a more depth as women. We got to learn more about ourselves as women. And I think that's the message that, you know, despite everybody going, oh, well, Glow was this idea. We did try to empower women. Well, and I want to stop you right there because that's a very good segue. Um, one of the reasons you came on the show tonight, you may not even know it. We are doing a finally, I finally got enough glow girls together that we can have a show without them killing each other. <laughs> And it's going to be, uh, we're sisters. Sisters. I got four glow girls. I'll tell you who two of them are. Two of them. One is Grimlina. The other is Jeannie Besson. Hollywood. All right. The original. Absolutely. Original through the end. All four seasons. Fabulous worker. Yep. Absolutely. So, and she takes it serious. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk a lot about Glow. Because there's a... It, I have never, ever come across a more divisive issue in wrestling than the Glow Girls. <laughs> they... Then we like, did our job! You say, Dan, Woo. they simultaneously love and hate each other at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, the ones that still talk to each other, you know, they... They greet with an open arm and a clenched fist. <laughs> I don't. I no, you carry a the... knife in your pocket. <laughs> no, I don't carry a knife in my pocket. I greet each of my sisters the way I would greet any old dear friend that I work with. Absolutely. That I ble- mm-hmm. I love and I will go on record and I will to my dying breath. I love all 70 of the girls, even though the ones I didn't work with, I love them because they paved the way for me. I love the ones I've worked with. Right. And we've suffered not as bad as men's wrestling, but I think this is a testimony to how serious we took it. We, out of 70 girls, four seasons, we've lost Mel Fiji. Yeah, uh, you guys, you've had, you guys have had a rough year. We lost Becky Mullen, Sally the Farmer's Daughter. Yeah. We lost Aunt Kitty. Yeah, sure. We lost Jacqueline Stallone. Yeah. We lost... 95 years old, by the way. 98. 98 years old. Okay, God bless her. We lost Brunhilde. We lost Star. Yeah, I think we. I don't remember the first girl we lost. I think it was Salt. It may have been Salt. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that but, was right. But 
None of them were by suicide, by drugs, or by anything. Right. But Sally passed just recently of cancer. Yeah, there were, uh, um, uh, you know, without going into all of them, there were a number who befell, you know, illness and uh, of one sort or another. And our our thoughts and prayers go out to the uh, Glow Girls, uh, as do, uh, you know, quite frankly, the uh, the world of uh, men's wrestling this year took a beating. Mm-hmm. We just lost, uh, you know, Animal Joe Laurinaitis, uh, the latest. Didn't we lose Rocky Johnson earlier this year? Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were at Jeff the Ref and I were actually on the air when Rocky passed away. In fact, I broke the news on the air. I broke the news. Uh, speaking of which, I think I told y'all this story. I may not have, and then I'm gonna have to hop off because. Yeah, I, I got gotta. I actually, uh, Grimmy, I actually have to get you off there before the story, because I'm actually up against a commercial break, which we have to do. Okay, I love so. you guys. I Thank love you, Grimmy. Anytime, just pick up the phone. I there finally go. got it to where I'm not making everybody seasick with moving my camera. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I'll leave you with this. Yes. I have a nickname, and I, I, you and I have talked about it, Angela. My name is Geneva. I am Switzerland. I am neutral. There you go. There you go. And have a I great night, Grimmie. I worry about my bookings. Yeah. I have to worry about this guy, this con promoter saying, hey, we hear she's easy to get along with. Why don't we have Grimley to have a table? All right. I got to let you go, Grimley. Have right, a good night. Guys, Thank you, dear. Happy anniversary. Thank Bye-bye. you. It's Thank pleasure you. having you. You can never get Grimley off the air. You can never get Grimley. <laughs> Man, I f- sent, sent, somebody sent uh, found your kryptonite. Bless her heart. She wants to get everything out like she like she's the only one on the podcast. Oh my god. I go through this every time Grimmy's on the show. And I'm a glutton for punishment because I keep breaking her back. <laughs> anyway, Dan, so let's talk about this. This is our one year anniversary. It actually went didn't go as I wanted it to, but I'm glad it went the way it did. Because this is the way Jeff and I used to talk. These are the kind of conversations we had. And this episode was as fitting a tribute as any that I could have planned out or scripted out. It worked out magnificently well. Right. And thank you, Ref, for uh, guiding the hand. Because I know you did. Anyway, so talk to me, brother. Let's have a word from our sponsor. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we were uh, a year in and a year going strong and something that you guys would never have thought about or at least dreamed about when you started is a sponsorship with such a big prideful company. And we have one. And, you know, Jeff, one of the things we loved about him was he was always good to take care of everybody, take care of his boys. And you can take care of your own boys, the two boys that are most important to any man. And you can do that with our friends at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is the leading producer and supplier of man grooming products. Their lawnmower 3.0 is the best trimmer out there. 
Use promo code Wrestling Future for 20% off. They have a lot of bundles and package deals going on right now. Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And so will we. On behalf of Dan the Man Sebastiano, on behalf of Mike Armageddon Murphy, Gremlina, Superstar Bill Dundee, Jack Victory, I'm Angelo DeCipio. This is year one under our belt. We start fresh Thursday night. Yes, sir. And our guest will be Superstar Bill Dundee for part four, I think this might be. <laughs> am I right or am I wrong about that? Four Dan? or five at this point. Is it really? Well, I'm going to tell you something. A straight shoot. I love Bill Dundee. I'll bring him on every week. He, this man has got you, like You could have him on every episode. Of, He'd never run out of stories. Well, he's got 50 years worth of stories under his belt. Exactly. And I think we maybe got about, you know, two or three months worth. <laughs> right. Maybe. So he'll be back. Yes, sir. And so will we. Thank you, everybody. This is uh this has been a good episode. Year one is down and we're we're beginning year two. For Dan the Man, I'm Angelo. Take care. Happy wrestling, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good night.